Hey, welcome back. We are on the D-Lo. I am the D-Lo, and I have a, a, I guess, a new friend. Maybe we'll be friends after this. Moni, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I am good. Did you find the place all right? I did, yeah. I mean, GPS is like a wonderful thing, so you, I just put it in, and then it said, come here, and I, here I am. Do you remember the times without GPS? No, um, I don't. I, I remember that my mom used to, she was a animal control officer uh, already on a tangent. So she had this big map book that she had in her car. Yeah. And she used to use that to like navigate to where like the aggressive dogs were to go pick them up. Right. Yeah. And then she, you know, my mom's like really old fashioned and traditional. So she had that book and she like kept the book. But then we're like, hey, mom, what about MapQuest? Like we remember showing her MapQuest. She's like, fuck that. I'm not using yeah, that. Exactly. You know, I got this book. Um, but so yeah, I used to just like wander aimlessly around until I found where I was going to be. And then one day I had a iPhone, like the first, the first one. And then yeah. all of a sudden there was maps on it. And that was that. Isn't that crazy? I had that Garmin, that big like device that you would like I, glue to your car or whatever. My dad had that. Yeah. Oh, great. Your dad had it. Yeah. Everybody I'm probably <laughs> as old as her dad. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. I was hoping you picked that up, that totally. subtle shade. <laughs> yes, I like that. Very good. Very shady. Um, so where are you originally from? I'm from here. I'm from Phoenix. Okay, I'm so you're a native? Yeah. Very cool. And where did you uh, where did you go to high school? I went to Ironwood High School in Glendale. Okay. And um, I went to ASU for my undergrad, and I went to ASU downtown for my graduate degree. Awesome. So I'm like Arizona through and through. Very cool. Yeah, ASU here as well. Cool. So that's, and, and native. I was born in Scottsdale. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of we, weird. We're kind of few and far between. We are. We're like brothers and sister. It is. Just we look kind of just alike. <laughs> totally. People always are like, where's your brother, the D-Lo? He's right like, here. He's, he's probably working. He's probably doing some insurance. <laughs> probably so. Yeah. So you're a real estate agent, correct? I am. What, what would you, I mean, you know, whenever somebody calls me an insurance agent, I'm kind of like, well, that's not really what I do. So kind of describe what is it that you really do? Well, fun fact, I'm also an insurance agent. You are? Yeah. Okay. I've never written a policy, but I had to get my license in order to buy a insurance business back in the day with my husband. Very cool. Uh, so I'm just saying that just so that we could have something in common. Well, we do have something in common because I'm a licensed real estate agent. And I've never, like I've never sold a building in my life. I this just got it weird. over COVID because I was bored. <laughs> I'm um, now I'm freaked out. Yeah, that's wild. Um, yeah, so I sell houses. What was your question? I forgot. I want to know, I, I want a, a description or a picture that is painted based on your pos your personality. What is it? You don't just sell houses. What do you, what do you really do? You create relationships? What is it? Um, yeah, so everybody says they create relationships, and that's like, yeah, of course. Um, I am, I think I probably would consider myself most like a coach. Okay. Um, it seems to me that that's sort of the role that I play in most people's lives. So with my real estate career, um, prior to being a real estate agent, I owned a gym mm. and I was the head coach of the gym. I love it. So I, a lot of, when I first got my license, I got my license cause my husband and I were interested in flipping. So it was like, we didn't want to pay a realtor. So just go get my license. I did the nine day crash course, got the, got the license. Right. Yeah. And then I realized, oh, you know, there's people at my gym who need real estate help. Let me help them. And the next thing you know, I'm selling more real estate and making more money doing that than having the gym. So I closed it down and just focused on that. So okay. bottom line is, yeah, I think it's about, um, you know, it, figuring out what it is that people 
are wanting and then also seeing things that they don't see and being able to put together strategies with them and then help kind of lead them where they need to go without them knowing they're being led where they need to go to get them where they want to be. So it's just a matter of like, you know, I think people who are uh, high level and are different types of industries, we all do that. You know, that's basically what we do. We're kind of a strategist. We're a trusted advisor. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think our success is kind of based on our ability to like suss out exactly what it is that someone really wants and, you know, then pair them with the right product or in my case, the right, you know, property or, you know, my husband's a loan officer. So can we get that loan to line up with the property to make the payment right, to make the life thing? And then, you know, moving forward, are we able to get them to being an investor or being able to, you know, get it, sell that first home and go and get the one you really wanted, but you know, you needed that starter home. So it's just all about like those pieces and then helping people, you know, along the way to like realize their potential when it comes to like the real estate world. Yeah. So you have a plan. I mean, that's, that's cool. And you work with your husband. Yeah. Yeah. How How does that go? Like, how did that all start or come to fruition? Did you guys, obviously you own the gym together and then kind of wanted to branch out? Yeah, so we own the gym together, and um, I just really, um, you know, I love working with him. He's very creative. I'm I'm more of like the execution. I'm a little bit more driven. Okay. He's very much like a visionary and kind of see things, you know, that I don't see in terms of opportunity or like, hey, why don't you consider this, you mm-hmm. know, things like that. So he's a good balance for me. I'm like the one out there doing it, and then he's in the background like, hey, what about that? You know, so it's good. Um, we've always, we're, everything we've done ever since we've met, we've always kind of partnered. So it's just kind of like the same, you know, it's yeah. just now a continuation of the same thing. That's very cool. Yeah. I want to go back to the gym though, because I'm really, so here, here, another six degrees of separation. I actually, I work out at a, well, not at a gym in my garage. I work out too. That is so crazy. So I don't even know if it's six degrees of separation. I feel like it's on the same degree. This is so weird. When did you get into like wanting to own a gym and what was the antithesis for that? Um, so when I wanted to own a gym, I actually didn't ever want to own a gym, but my husband thought I would be a good gym owner. <laughs> I, um, just like he thought I'd be a good realtor. So, yeah. um, I've been working out since I was really young, um, my, I was a very overweight child. My dad started me running uh, when I was like 13. Yeah. So I started running and kind of getting some exercise and like learning that kind of becoming an athlete. I never really like grew up doing stuff like that until I got into my teens. And then, um, from there, my first job was like cleaning gym equipment at my mom's gym, like the gym she went to and just kind of in that world. And then I had a bunch of like women fitness people kind of take me under their wing and be like, Hey, you seem lost. Let me help you. And so I was just kind of in that world from a very young age. And then, um, you know, I went to college, got a completely unrelated degree, got a master's degree actually in like uh, public administration, which is like city management and finance kind of thing. I was going that route, but I was, I loved, you know, going to the gym and being a part of this community. So I ended up just kind of quitting everything and saying like, let's start a gym with my husband. He's like, I'll get you the equipment. We weren't married at the time. He's like, I'll fund the equipment and the lease. You run it and let's do it. So we did and it blew up. It was super successful. We did it for six years, but I just got, you know, I loved real estate. I liked it a lot better. And, you know, gyms are kind of like, I don't know, they can be a really just kind of, uh, 
a money pit. You know, you got yeah. overhead, you got all these issues, you know, you got the people, the trainers, all this. This was so much more easy for me to like manage and handle and make it what I wanted to yeah. when I first started. Now I have a team. Now I'm you know, managing people, but I have a way better set of uh, leadership skills that I didn't have back when I had my gym. Now I have it. So it's easier for me to like manage people now than it was before. It's the earned wisdom that you've gotten over the years yeah. to be able to do things smarter, more efficient, and the way that you want to be able to live your life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It doesn't control you. You are able to kind of control it for the most part. Yeah, to some extent. Yeah. You know, it's it's uh, this week I feel like I've been pretty controlled by it. I've had a lot of <laughs> deals be like totally fucked up and I'm like, oh my God, uh, you know, having to step back in and like, because yeah. right now I have, you know, primarily my agents run deals and, and I kind of manage them. Yeah. But now, you know, when things get like messed up, it's like, oh, I got to get in. in here and like fix that, you know? So, um, but yeah, it's about being able to create the life that you want to yeah. have and the freedom and flexibility and like having that long-term vision of like, I don't want to work in my business. I want to eventually only work on it type of thing. So I'm in that, I think I'm in a transition period of like trying to push to that. Place. No, that's great. That's, that's an amazing transition to have. I know I just went through that last couple of years and I have an amazing staff. All women, by the way, they're absolutely my, like, just the, the best ever, right? And they just take care of me, you know? And that's the best. And I, ge I generally don't have to jump into problems that much anymore at all, unless somebody's really requesting it. Yes. You know, you get those clients yes. that are like, I need to talk yeah, to you. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, like, yeah, okay, exactly. all right, settle down. Okay, right? I'll be right there. Yeah, I'll right tell over. you the same thing they just said. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, during, the, during the fitness process, did you ever do, like, fitness shows? Or, I mean, what was kind of your cup of tea as far as, was it just like weight working out? I know you're into tennis, right? I mean, no, I'm not into tennis. I play tennis with you know, Kasuzi. So I played tennis a little bit with her. Yeah. Um, I love it, but I'm not good at it. And I ended up uh, really shifting actually to hot yoga. Like recently, okay. I've like been a fanatic with hot yoga. So that's kind of what I'm doing. But back in the day, no, no fitness shows. I like thought about it for a minute. And then I thought, you know what? I really like to eat like pizza and drink beer. So that's really <laughs> probably not for me. Um, I want to look, I just want to look a certain way, yeah. but I don't want to have to like, okay, now they're going to be on here and like flex and let me measure this shit. Like, no, you want to track your macros and do all that stuff. I like. will do it for maybe 30 days and then like, get to a level and then yeah. I'll do a thing and be like, okay, I can eyeball it. I got this. That's yeah. one cup. And then the one cup turns into like, that's seven cups. But like, no, it was one. I'm only going to track one. And then later today I'm going to do better. And then. And then I just, and then it's like. At oh. least you're thinking that way. I mean, at the end of the day, I think you know as an entrepreneur, and, and you probably agree with this statement, if you're not taking care of the physical in some sort of measure, then the mental and everything else just kind of goes out the window. If you feel like a bag of shit half the day because you're tired or, you know, you just, your body's not working, you can't really be a mentor to everybody else because you're too concentrative on how bad you feel. Um, you are speaking something that I tell my actual team all the time. Yeah. You know, this idea of, you know, how it is that you feel in your physical body kind of informs how you are able to perform and project out into the world. Yeah. So it's really important that your physical self feels good. It's not even about how you look necessarily, though feeling like you look good is important because it increases your confidence. Mm -hmm. But more so, like, you know, if you feel like crap, yeah, it comes through. It comes through even your phone calls with people. Your energy totally. is low. The way you show up kind of sucks. You know, you, you're kind of on this low vibration. So I'm, um, I'm an early morning, you know, up at 4 a.m. most days, workout, you Perfect. know, cold plunge, do all of my stuff 
do my journaling, do my reading, like just make sure I'm setting myself up because, you know, once it's like 8 a.m. and my phone starts going off, I've got to be like, you know, on point. I can't be like, oh, man, you know, I was out drinking or whatever, you know. Right. I can't have these things slowing me down, especially with what I'm wanting to create. So I am a thousand percent on the same page with you. That's really cool. Um, What time do you go to bed? Um, I usually will start to fall asleep standing up around eight o'clock. Same here. <laughs> oh my God. I swear to God, we're brother and sister. Yeah. Yeah. So if I sit down, my husband calls me like a shark. Like if, as soon as I am sit still, it's, it's over. So it could be at seven 30. <laughs> if we sit down to watch a show, totally. I'll be like drifting off. Now keep in mind, I have a two year old and a four year old as well. Yeah. So, um, it's tough and they don't sleep. So no. my husband has to take the night shift because th- we all know that like, I have to get up early in order to like be on point. So, um, but yeah, I mean, if it was up to me, I'd be in bed by 8 p.m. hanging or at least, you know, relaxing, reading a book, whatever, fall asleep on TikTok, whatever I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, That's typically my schedule. So you're the same? Exactly the same. I'm up at four. Today it was 3.30. I was up 3.30 too today. I just woke up. Same here. And I'm just like, I'm not going to go back to bed for a half hour. No, you're not. It doesn't make any sense. Bed at eight. Like, and the same, I will sit on the couch. My wife and I have what we call like an hour of just trash time to sit and watch whatever's on 30 Day Fiance or 90 Day, whatever hell it is and i'm basically on my phone looking at instagram the whole time yeah and i will if i put my phone down and i start looking at the tv my wife will look over at me and she's just like go to bed because i'm like this yep you're just nodding off you're doing like the old man like yeah. this <laughs> and your neck kind of your next morning you're like hey why do i have a right. neck injury totally yeah oh my god that is that's hilarious i love it and then two and four so girl and boy or yeah exactly i have a the four-year-old is a boy and then uh, my daughter's two yeah yeah. yeah. And how much has that changed just the your career life? I mean, you're obviously owning your own business. You can spend a lot of time with them when you, you know, want to, right? Yeah. It's um it's honestly it's very difficult for me. Yeah. Uh, parenthood is is something that is very is the most challenging thing. It's tough, I think. I you know, I'm obviously a woman and uh I hope it's obvious I am. <laughs> um and you know, Motherhood is a, it's really demanding and it's uh, been the, probably the biggest challenge for me to figure out how I can still be who I want to be and also be a good mom. Yeah. And I don't, cause I'm not interested in being like, I don't want my identity to be being a mom and right. that's just not, that's not how I'm built. I never wanted that. I didn't grow up that's wanting okay. to yeah. have kids or anything like that. My husband is very family oriented and that, you know, it, and me too, but not like that. You yeah. know? So for me, it's very much about finding out how I can still maintain my own identity yeah. and, you know, reach and strive and not have, you know, because I'm a mom, now I can't grow my business the way I want or I can't look the way I want. Like, that's not something that really resonates with me. Yeah. Um, so it's a challenge. I have a full-time nanny. Um, cool. So... And I tell people, you know, if you're like me, if you're a driven woman and you, you know, have a family, if there's any way you can figure out how to get help, as much help as you can afford to get, it'll pay you back. So when I, my son was five months old and 
I was kind of, I had my, my mom at the time was watching my son two days a week for like four hours at a time. And I was just really struggling with, you know, showing homes, you know, listing homes, like just doing my business. I still had the gym at the time. I was trying to do everything. And finally my husband was like, we just have to get a nanny. We have to get help. And as soon as we did, my business exploded because it was, I was able to starting when she got there, completely focus one on me. So first thing I would do is like work out. You know, so it'd be like, all right, as soon as she arrived, that first hour, hour and a half of my day was like, you work out no matter what you walk, you lift, you do what you're going to do to kind of get your body right. Because after you have a kid, I mean, you don't know this, but it's like, wow, you things are real fucked. Like you're not, yeah. it's not good. I'm dealing know? with menopause right now. So, okay. Yeah, okay. That so you get it. Yeah. You get it. Yeah, girl. It sucks. Yeah. So, 62 degrees in my house. <laughs> yeah. It's not, not cool. Um, well, yeah, I'm, I might, uh, We'll talk about that right. in, in 15 years, give me some time. But yeah, so taking care of myself first and then really just like figuring out what do I want my life to look like um, and wanting to create something where my kids could have more freedom than I did. Yeah. And um, yeah, I can spend time with them. Like I work from home, but the nanny knows like she takes them away. I really don't want to spend time with them during the day because I need to stay focused because mm-hmm. especially if I'm not, then all night I'm still dealing with clients and then them, you right. know, which means I'm not like really showing up well for either one of them. Um, so it's just a matter of like creating that schedule, the boundaries and just not feeling bad about saying like, hey, I'm out, bye, you know, I'm, I'll be gone. Yeah. And I think men can do it, you know, fathers, I think it's a little bit less um, difficult to do because there's less of a expectation right, right. on, you know, for you, but like for women and for moms, it's like, you're the default parent. So, you know, it's a little bit more like, oh, that's kind of weird that you could just kind of like peace out. And it's like, well, it's not weird for me. Like, I love it. I'll see you later. I got to do my own thing in order for me to, like, be the best person I want to be. I love that. I mean, thank you for being just, like, brutally honest in who you are to kind of describe that. Because it's got to be hard for, you know, a lot of women to just even admit that, Yeah. you know, at the end of the day. And whenever you fly on a plane, you know, mm-hmm. you got to take your mask first yep. or, or else you're useless for everybody around you. And I think a lot of times people don't do that. They give the mask away to somebody else and they're... <gasps> You know, yeah. they're dying for air. Yeah. And there's no way to live a life. It's not. And it's something I think that is a very kind of um, toxic in our society, this idea that women should sacrifice their um, all of their well-being or themselves for motherhood. Yeah. I just don't agree. I think it creates not only obvious problems for the individual, the mother, but I think the children also suffer. You know, I want my children to see me as... Um, a role model, just right. like they would look at their dad as a role model. You know, I want—I don't want them to see me as this kind of sacrificial thing in the corner. Like, <laughs> totally. I, did you eat today? Like, yeah. I don't want them to view me like that. I want them to view me as like, I'm an individual. I'm a powerful person. Yeah. I've created big. I have a daughter. I want her to see that. I do this despite, you know, I don't wait for my husband to tell me to be driven. You know, I'm out there. I'm creating. I'm doing my thing. Yeah. And, you know, I think that that's something that really benefits children. 
children. Now, the nurturing and all that is also important. So it's like striking that balance. Right. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I have a, a nanny who's been with us since my son was basically born for five months. Extremely nurturing. We've got people around them always loving on them. So yeah. like when I'm not there to love on them, other people are that I trust. And then when I'm there, I'm able to show up happier and more present because I feel fulfilled in who I am. And imagine them seeing what you do and how you do it. And in those moments, granted, they're young now, but as they get older and they see you making these business deals and making these relationships and maybe going to showings with, you know, and just seeing mom in this just role of like, I can do anything sort yeah. of thing. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Wow. I, yeah. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully so. So tell me about um, just some, like, I, I was kind of looking around on the Internet, and I, I think this is one of your terms. Like, y you have this thing where it's like your beliefs create your reality. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about that. What, do you, wh what does that mean to you? Well, it's, um, it's, I come from a background that is very empowered, you know, I was brought up, particularly my dad, as a person who really instilled the idea of, like, um, dominion. You know, like, this is your life is your life. And there was a kernel of that planted when I was young. And then over time, I just started to realize it was true. Mm. I started to realize I had a lot of power of intention. Like, so if I had put my intention on something, I remember doing it with boys. There'd be a boy at school, and I'd be like, and he'd have some girlfriend, you know, and she'd be like the shit, right? She'd right. be the girl. Yeah, the popular girl. like, just watch. Yeah. You know, like, I want that boy. I'll get that boy. I like tested that out first on men. I was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> men are um, easy. <laughs> yeah, but I was like, you know, I was like, take my training wheels off and do more important things. But, you know, start there. Start where you start. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I just started to really link the idea of how I decided something was, mm -hmm. was what it was. Mm -hmm. So I didn't necessarily get to control what was happening, but I got to control how I responded. So... I started to really develop my ability to be aware of my own response, how I relate to things, you know, what is triggering to me. Why is that triggering to me? Why is that causing me to be like egotistical? Why is that causing me to be defensive? What is that? What is that about? So I've been doing a lot of that, um, honestly, work since I became a mom. When I became a mom, I had kind of a spin out and we like went through a really hard financial time for a short amount of time. And I was like, like not really wanting to live. Like I had, I was in pretty deep despair and I had to kind of get myself right. And the way that I did it was starting to just kind of take responsibility for myself. Mm -hmm. You know, instead of deciding I was a victim to the things that were happening to me, yeah. I had to really start taking an extreme level of ownership over every single thing. Even the things that, you know, kind of weren't about me. I made it a point to say, how can I influence this you know, what part did I play in this outcome for better or for worse? And then as I started to do that, I noticed I like looked up one day and my life was significantly better. Yeah. And it was kind of like these little decisions about that with me just kind of focusing on them one by one started to create these way better results. Mm -hmm. So, you know, now with my team, I do a lot of work with them on that. You know, we're real estate agents. If we have a real estate contract, that's like a printed contract, like the standard contract. It's not yeah. hard to like know how to read it, fill in the blanks, like, come on, it's not rocket science. But what is difficult is, or could be difficult if you decided it's difficult, is to really manage 
the multiple people, the moving parts, people's emotional states. You know, somebody's coming at you, and you know this because you deal with clients all the time. They come at you with crazy, like, with its rage or whatever and not letting yourself get caught mm-hmm. up in their shit. Yeah. You know, all of these are the things that kind of pare down to like your beliefs create your reality. You know, so the way that you decide something is the nature of the thing, you just natured it. Like you just said what the nature of it is. It could be good in someone else's eyes, it could be bad in mm. yours. Which are you going to choose? Is this a learning thing? Is it an opportunity? Can you find that space? So it's all kind of that type of stuff. I don't yeah. know like, if that makes sense to you. I'm it, kind of rambling. No, it, this is a rock star ramble. I oh, mean, okay. trust me. I, I, I Diddy, we probably got a, several snippets out of this. this <laughs> okay. uh, no, because what you're doing right now as you're talking to me, you're downloading all of this. This is coming from your heart. This is coming from who you are, and it's just coming out, and it's perfect. Okay. Absolutely Thanks. perfect. And the fact that you're able to understand, notify yourself when situations come in, and you're able to look at it and say, you know what? That's not my story. This is my story, and this is how I'm going to assimilate this. And then you're able to, you know, show that and teach that to the people around you, including your kids, including your husband, including your employees, everybody, because you lead by example, you know, at the end of the day. And we all make mistakes, and we all find ways. And, I mean, it really comes back to the simple context, and I know you'll agree to this. Email can be the worst fucking way to communicate, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. because you will get something and... Person A can read it this way and person B can read it this way. And I have just always been of the belief, pick up the phone. Yeah. Because whatever ends up getting into our head, and especially like if it's a big client or if it's a big situation, like, oh, my God, you know, are they are they going to fire me? Are they going to find another broker? Are they going to do this or that? You know, all that stuff goes through your head. And then it's not even the reality of the situation. It's the reality of the situation that you have put into your head. Yeah. I mean, we're going, I I swear, this is so timely because this week, like I said, has been a pretty, um, you know, the the level of difficulty of the problems we're solving is high. And I'm a big believer in you get paid in direct relationship to the size of problems you can solve. So I (laughs) feel blessed by the opportunity to solve it. So that's one, just kind of putting that out there that that is how I'm choosing to relate to it. But Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it's amazing when you're, you, when you're dealing with clients and especially in my world, you know, these are like transactions that are life changing, you know, typically, you know, right now I've got a client who's moving across the country and there's a late, their, their sale is based on other people mm. closing on time. So yeah. there's some, there's a delay. Okay. Delays are normal, right. right? But in their mind, this is the most catastrophic thing that could happen. Yeah. They're out for blood. You know, they're like, <laughs> somebody's going to pay, you know, and it's this, and you know, I had a, an agent working with them who she became overwhelmed by it to the point where she's in tears. I mean, she can't, she's like having like, she's triggered, triggered. Mm -hmm. So I have to step in. Right. And the first thing I do is just like call them. And I, and what I do is I just set myself to say, like, pretend that you're, I always tell my, my team, pretend you're this giant tree that's been planted in this spot for a hundred years. Your roots are super deep and you're, it doesn't matter how much the hurricane or the winds blow, you are not to move. You stay steady. I love it. So it's like, I just put that in my mind. You're steady. Because yeah. she already told me they're kind of flipping out, right? So I call and they are flipping out. But it was like 30 seconds of me steadily, like just demonstrating, like, first of all, I'm a master at the real estate process, like period. Nobody knows it better than me. Love so it. like, love it. Fuck that. Like whatever. This yeah. problem isn't even a big problem. But I was able to de-escalate them yeah. and get them from like blame 
anger, this to like problem solve. Cause it's like, I just need you to switch that part of your brain off and turn on like this part that thinks. Cause all we gotta do is just find a solution. Yeah. And we can find a solution because you, here's the good news. We got people who all wanna buy houses and people who all have loans that wanna buy houses. So those are the two things that we need to be in line. And then all we gotta do is move these pieces around. But we can't move these pieces when you guys are like flipping the fuck out when this agent over here, not my agent, but another agent is like a dipshit. So I got to then go and lead him. Right. Yeah. So I have to go and call a different doesn't even work for me and be like, hey, I kind of figuratively have to reach out and grab his hand and say, hey, we got to start doing this because you're fucking up and you're going to cause all this to break if you continue to act this way. Yeah. So it's just about that, like ability to. Yes, pick up the phone, but also however it is that you can bring your essence or presence in front of somebody. So phone, text isn't great, but sometimes it can work. Email, definitely not. In person's the best. In person's the best, you know, so whatever you got to do. But you also have the instinct to do it. Like you have to know, like, hey, in this case, I just need to call them. And then every time we update this particular client now, what do they ask for? Can Moni just call us? Yeah. Right, yeah. because it's just, it's calming to them, right? So then you know, okay, great. I'm going to let, thankfully, these real estate transactions aren't like your world where it's this ongoing, you know, thing. Like once we're closed, they'll be gone and, yeah, you know, I won't have to call them every day. But, you know, that's kind of what it takes sometimes to like uh, steady other people is like they can kind of borrow your belief. They can kind of borrow your steadiness. Right. And that's what all this is about. Like that interconnectedness is like real. The energy in the room shifts when certain people walk in. So you want to be that energy that's like, I got this. We're good. No matter what happens, we got this. We can handle it. The First of all, the I, I love the, the confidence level. I love the... Um, the passion behind everything that you say. And I want to ask you, how long did it take, number one, for you to become a serial killer in what you do? And number two, was there ever a point where you had imposter syndrome? And obviously, you were able to get rid of that imposter syndrome. Or maybe there still is a little anecdotal part of that. Because I know sometimes I have it. Like, Again, I've been doing what I've been doing for 25 years, and sometimes there's that self-talk where I'm like, God, am I good enough for this account or for this person? So what what are your feelings? Oh, my God, so funny. I literally read a book last night, and one of the sections is about imposter syndrome. Okay. And I, like, wrote this bracket around it, and I wrote me and drew an arrow Mm. to it. So it's, like, so weird that you brought that up. Okay. Um, How long did it take? So not very long in terms for real estate because, again, it's like this contract is not complicated. Yeah. And, you know, as real estate agents, so I'm a real estate broker, but I'm not a designated broker. So do you kind of know how that relationship? So, you know, at the end of the day, I have my designated broker. If I run into something weird, I can call him and be like, yo, I'm freaked out. What's up? What's this? And, you know, that's good. So you kind of always have somebody, right? But none of this is very complicated, you know? So... I know that. And, you know, thankfully I have the benefit of like, I have good education. So I, you know, I, I know how to navigate bureaucracy and paperwork and that, that type of stuff doesn't like freak me out. Yeah. Okay. So, um, but in terms of the, you know, am I good enough for this big account? Definitely. I have that. Uh, I still have that, you yeah. know, I'll get a lead or something and it'll be, you know, a million dollar plus house or something. And I'll be a little bit like, Oh fuck, you know, <laughs> and it's kind of funny because it's actually the higher end clients who tend to like me more. Mm. 
Yeah. They just, for some reason, they pick up on whatever. It's because you're honest and you're not fake and you're just giving it to them. Yeah. Yeah, They don't want the bullshit. They end up being my best clients and my biggest cheerleaders. But there's a part of me, you know, grew up in Glendale, you know, super, you know, not by no means in poverty, but by no means not, you know. Yeah, right. You're not Scottsdale. No. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, I, but there's a part of me, though, that kind of always wants to keep that piece of me. Yeah. I like to, I like to feel a little bit like I'm an outsider. I like to feel a little bit like, I don't necessarily belong here because it makes me feel like I can influence better than if I'm like integrated into something. Like so, JLo. I, I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know what you're saying of where you're going though. Yeah, yeah. I um there's yeah, so there's an aspect of me that that does recognize the imposter syndrome as like problematic. Yeah. And there's a part of me that says, I hope I never lose that because I think there's a part of it that means that I care about this and I'm earnestly, you know, pursuing my best and always asking myself, am I being my best? Do I belong in this room of other people who I perceive to be the best? There's, I think, a virtue to it um, as long as you don't allow it to, like, control your reaching and mm-hmm. your taking chances and right. your speaking up. Right. Yeah. It's... um it's almost like a good thing because you can kind of put it in check yeah. and it keeps us honest and it keeps us human and yeah. it keeps us real. Cause you don't want to become a complete dick. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. You want to level it yeah. out. Um, what can you just off the top of your head, give people listening, you know, that are interested in, in real estate, like what are the top three things they should actually look for in a, in a real estate agent? Um, yeah, I can do that. So the first thing that I would look for is experience. And I wouldn't call experience the, a lot of agents say, I've been licensed for 42 years. And it's like, well, baby, you've sold 10 houses over 42 years, which means you don't know dick about this. Everybody has a license. Yeah. So I would look at, um, I would look at the number of transactions that someone has done Mm. and particularly kind of keep that to the last 12 months because, you know, the market is cyclical. So you want to have somebody who's been um, operating in, you know, today's market or current market so that they know how to influence the market. Yeah. Particularly when you're looking at who should list your home, um, you should look at somebody who has recommendations for how to present your home in a way that is going to create competition. And you should look for somebody who has a very well thought out strategic plan for each step of the way. So if you interview somebody and they are saying like, yeah, whatever you think, not good. Yeah. You you want somebody who's going to say, no, 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 you know, that this is, we need to be priced here. Because this is what the market looks like today. Yeah. And if your goal is this, we're never going to get there by doing it your way. Like you want to have somebody who has that ability to demonstrate to you knowledge you don't have and then make it make sense to you to do it to their strategy. Um, the other thing, especially if you're like looking for somebody to help you buy a home, I would look at somebody who has um experience, particularly in the type of home you want to buy. So like if it's 
condos and townhomes. You want someone with experience with that because there are loan intricacies that impact the ability to buy certain properties. Mm. They need to know that, yeah. right? So, and then, you know, luxury property, that's a different vibe, you know, that, and there's somewhat of kind of a inner circle with that. So you want somebody who somewhat knows how to navigate that. Yeah. So some specialty is important. More so you have, yeah, yeah, experience, I would say, do they specialize in the thing that you're looking for? And then lastly, just somebody that you feel like is telling you the truth, somebody who's willing to tell you things that you don't necessarily want to hear, but you need to hear. Yeah. That is right there, I think, is a combination that gets you pretty far when you're trying to do a real estate transaction. I, I would assume most people are emotionally tied to something that they're selling and they think it's worth more than it probably is. Every day, all Every day. day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Even me. You know, yeah. if you ask me what my home is, it's just oh, something that you yeah. do, right? But I poured so, all this money into uh -huh. it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Joe and okay. Sally don't really give a shit, you know? Right, right. Here's, here's the market. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So, and somebody who's able to kind of stand up to that, be respectful of it, but to stand up to that natural instinct is, um, it's going to help you because you could think it's worth what you want all day long, but yeah. when you put it on the market and the market doesn't agree, the longer it stays on the market, the lower price you're going to get. It's still worth nothing. And yeah, and something. right. No offer means zero. Yeah. So you need to get it to where you're getting people interested in offering and all that. I like that. That's really good. Really good advice. Um, before we get into rapid fire questions, I was going to ask you, I mean, we kind of know how your day is. What What are some of your like non-negotiables during the day? Like what do you, what do you really need to have uh, in order for your day to be like amazing? I mean, the workout. Yeah. So I would say... Um, if I don't get up early, and it, which is very rare, usually my day is going to be shot. Yeah. Like it's not even like I'm with you. almost like I better just stay here until tomorrow. Or <laughs> um, so the early morning wake up's huge. I've started a ritual of um, reading a chapter in a book before I look at my phone. Okay, cool. So just like because I get that. sucked straight into my phone, yeah. so I've been trying to do just like a discipline thing of like read first. Um, some type of workout, whether it's going to yoga or working. I have like the whole Peloton set up, so I'll either do that in my garage or yeah. go to the gym. And then after that, I'm kind of flexible. Yeah. You know, from there, as long as my morning was right, the rest of the day is pretty cool. Um, my husband and I, we love to go and like find a new place to have a glass of wine to cool. like unwind the day at the yeah. end of the day. So I kind of like to bookend it with like a workout, a nice glass of wine, just him and I, and yeah. then go home, be with the kids, deal with the kids, and you know, start the day. Love it. The next day. So yeah. it's real simple. You know, I'm like, I don't have anything super, you know, innovative with that. It's just sort of like, I feel like the way you start your day dictates how it's going to go. For sure. Yeah. And what about you? Plenty What's of your... places for wine. Uh, my... Yeah, there are plenty of places for wine. Thank God. Um, workout for sure. Um, time with my dogs and my wife. Um, and really, I mean, I'm a lot like you in the essence that if those things, I mean, I do a little bit of meditation in the morning, a little bit of reading. Again, it all comes down to my morning. Mm -hmm. You know, from, from four to six is really my time. And I, for whatever reason, at like, you know, six o'clock, I, my body just feels like it's in its prime condition. So I'm just banging weights around. I'm just feeling good. I'm listening to my music, you know, and during the week I'll have like guitar lessons. You know, I like to, that's like my meditation. So cool. I've been doing that continuously for three years where I get a half hour of just, you know, learning stuff. And Great. it's like, I think you'll agree when you take little bites of something, um, all of a sudden the success of those little bites become just bigger yes. and bigger and you're like, oh wow, I can, so I can do these things. Yeah. So, so true. yeah, I, I love all that stuff. Um, that's cool that you have guitar lessons. Yeah. Where did that come from? Mm. 
After this, I'll show you my office. I was in the music business for a long time. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Awesome. I, I worked with a lot of really big name bands, and I just had always been in the music, so I wanted to carry that on. And it has, oh, as I get older, I revert more back into my childhood. Same. Yeah. Yes. I yeah. know exactly what you mean by that. So those hobbies and like little things, like for me, I was All super artistic back. when I was young and now I'm like, maybe I should like do sculpture. I'm yeah. Like, Where's that coming from? But like, sure. Why not? You know, why wouldn't you go back to your, they say that's kind of like the point of life is to try to revert back to your most childlike state right. while being in the adult world is like being childlike in it. There's like a virtue yeah. to that. Yeah. And, and I'm finding myself playing more, like I'm doing more calisthenics and gymnastics yes. and all sorts of stuff like I was when I was a kid, because during a span of my 20 years while building this business, I, I literally turned into an alcoholic bag of shit, you know, but I was still successful beyond that. I was just in the hospitality business. That's what I did. Yeah. And then I got to a certain measure where I met my wife and I acquired kids and I had to really start taking life more seriously in the aspect that my life was getting shorter and I didn't want to waste those hours or that time by being yeah. hungover or, yeah. you know, this and that. And, and that's all fine. That was yeah. easy for me. It was like, okay, yeah. cool, decision done over here. That's great. Yeah, so. I love it. Um, all right, rapid fire questions. You ready? These are fun. I think I'm ready. Of course you're ready. Uh, home alone or Christmas vacation? Home alone. Okay. Um, Loch Ness Monster or Ghost? Ghost. Serena or Venus? Serena. <laughs> 90 Day Fiance or Selling Sunset? 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> Good. I'm not the only one. Um, New Year's Eve or Christmas Day? Christmas Day. Rat or White Snake? <laughs> Neither. <laughs> I don't even, even know, know what that one. is. I know white snake is a no. Ah. Rat doesn't sound great. I'll go with rat, though, because I do like, I, I love little mice and rats, so we could just make it an animal. Okay, make it an animal if you like rats. I guess white snake is an animal, though, too. You've never heard of round and round? Round and round, what comes around? I'm doing a horrible job. Pass. Okay. Um, no. Dinner at a restaurant or a house party? Restaurant. Okay. Any favorites? Uh, my favorite right now is Americano. I just went there last night. Dude, yeah. are you serious? Yeah, it's I mean, like my they're clients of mine, too. Great, great place. You know I they're love... building a basement bar. Are they? Oh, my God. Like a really fine cocktail lounge. That's our lounge. place. We go there. We spend way too much money there. Yeah, it's, yeah, not cheap. Uh, chocolate or wine? Wine. Disney or camping? Disney. Trail running or ocean swimming? Um, Trail running. Yeah. Ocean good. is kind of, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Like it's so, the ocean is not, we're not supposed to be there. I feel that way about <laughs> space. Ocean and space Hold are on. two places where it's like, hey, we should probably mind our own business. As the infamous Joe Rogan says, everything in the ocean is there to fuck you yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's nothing in there that is going to end positively for you. Yeah, no, that's great. All right. Um, this has been awesome. Where can people find you? I'll put it in show notes. Um, I mean, I, I, I've just absolutely fallen in love with you. This is really cool. Thank so you. hire so her to fun. go get a house. Yeah, I would love that. Um, you know, I, you can follow me on Instagram. I'm at Moni Wilder, just how it's spelled. Um, then call me. My number's on there. I mean, cool. I have a website, moniwilder.com. I'll have a podcast soon. Awesome. So, um, yeah, just, I think. Perfect. Instagram's kind of your main, 
Yeah, you Facebook. Think? You can find me on Facebook okay. too, but it's like Moni Wilder. Everything's Moni. Just type it in. Yeah. Start following stuff. We'll uh, we'll follow you on there, and then Diddy will have a lot of cool edits on here that we'll kind of collab on, and you you'll love these edits. I don't know if great. you saw my site or what, but I, it does a great job. Awesome. So, well, I appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you for having me so much. I yeah. had so much fun. Good. Thanks for coming. This has been fun. Um, everybody, thanks for listening, and thanks for subscribing. Please share this episode and check out some of the older ones. I hope everybody's having a wonderful. God, it's December 1st, so um, enjoy the rest of your 2023. We've got about four more podcasts, and until then, peace out.